everyone. My name is Kate, and you're listening to Artwise. So I'm very excited about today's episode. I have wanted to make this episode since we started this podcast. Like I, I've, I've been wanting to make this episode forever. So today we're going to be talking about Salvador Dali. He is probably one of, actually, he's probably my favorite artist of all time in terms of like technical skill and creativity and just like was a very eccentric man. I love him. Uh, a big reason for that being his museum. It's called the Dali. It's in St. Pete, Florida, which I live like one hour away from this place. So uh, my school used to go to the Dali for like field trips and stuff. And I would always just follow the docent around and try as hard as I possibly could to soak in as much information about this man as possible. I feel like I know a lot about him personally. And just so you guys know, if you're wondering like where I'm getting this information, I'm actually using the dolly.org, which is the website for the museum for all my research today. So yeah, without further ado, um, let's get into it. So Salvador Dali is one of the most celebrated artists of all time. Like I already said, he is my favorite. He's super technically skilled, but his work, he's a surrealist, if you didn't know. Um, and I definitely urge you, if you haven't seen his art, to kind of look it up while you're listening to this, because I feel like that is definitely one of the best ways to get like an idea for his vibe. But he which is an interesting vibe too. It's very weird. But he has made so, he's he's usually, he's a painter, um, but he's also done sculptures and he's done like some film stuff. Uh, he was an icon during his time when he was alive. Uh, he was just a really, really incredible artist. So I'm going to be talking about his life from start to finish and some things that you probably didn't know about him. So I want to start off kind of before he was born, which I know usually we start off like when the artist is born, or at least we have in the past. It's been quite some time since all of season two, we didn't do a single art history episode. So this is the first one. But in season one, when we actually still did these art history episodes before we started coming back to them in season three, we would usually start at their birth. But I want to start a little bit before because Salvador Dali actually had a brother and Dali's brother died pretty much right after birth. He was like a toddler when he died. I think he was about two years old. And his brother's name was Salvador Dali. So I don't know if you know where this is heading or not, but essentially Salvador Dali's parents had a firstborn son who died very young. And Salvador Dali, like the Salvador Dali, was kind of conceived to, to be a replacement of the first son. So... Just like imagine you were born and your whole life you had the same name as your dead older brother because he died before you were born and you were just conceived to replace him. So 
you got the same name as him and everything trauma okay like i'm just gonna say like that's traumatic i that is one of my least favorite facts about salvador dali um it definitely makes him interesting because when we think of of people who are so famous and like so big and like so renowned and so celebrated as a human being as an artist as one of like the most greatest minds ever you don't usually think of them as like oh he was born to like replace somebody else crazy but i just i did want to mention that because that's one of my favorite salvador dolly facts so again uh he was born on may 11th 1904 so he's a taurus i didn't know that actually taurus taurus vibes i could see it and his parents were Salvador Dali Cusi. Oh, I just want to preface, I'm going to pronounce a lot of names wrong. Anything that's, even some of the American stuff, I just am not the best at pronouncing. I'm going to try my best, guys, but there we go. <laughs> so, again, parents, Salvador Dali Cusi, who he was a um, prominent prominent uh notary i guess you know i noticed like people like some people are notaries i don't really i'm an artist i don't know what that means but his dad was a notary and his mom was philippa dom ferris and i feel like from what i've read about dolly and what i've heard about him from the museum his mother was really really gentle and supportive and his dad just kind of sucked so i don't know how badly he sucked firsthand because i wasn't there but dude was just kind of an a-hole from what i've heard (laughs) and we'll get into that but his mom seemed to be pretty cool uh of course salvador dolly being an artist he was just kind of a weird dude i feel like most artists are just kind of quirky and eccentric people but dolly was like exceptionally eccentric and he was known for this and his mom was just kind of like hell yeah brother like keep keep on keeping on (laughs) she like just was totally fine with it and she was like a devout catholic but the the father salvador dolly cusi they have the same name so i'll just call him cusi i guess but his his father was an atheist so the mother i mean this is kind of like i it's interesting because this combination of like having one very religious parent and then another atheist parent uh i think heavily influenced um dolly's worldview i think especially from a young age because obviously you're being told to extremely different things especially like at a time when your mind is so malleable and i definitely feel like i can see that influence in his in his work as well so that's an interesting fact obviously a lot of people in dolly's life said that they could see his artistic talent from very young i know that his mom was a huge supporter his father and then like i said dude was kind of an a-hole he was very like disciplinarian 
He was very strict um, and he wanted things to be done a certain way. He was definitely like the kind of dude that was like, okay, like you're a really good artist and stuff, but like you need to go to school and you need to do this and blah, 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 blah. So uh, <laughs> they didn't have the best relationship, but ultimately both of his parents were at least su somewhat supportive of his artistic endeavors. It's hard not to be when somebody's that good. I mean, even his earliest works from when he was literally like a teenager are, they're just mind blowing to say the least. So Dolly, as an artist and as an eccentric person, he had this defiant attitude, this rebellious attitude and I feel like I have this in myself. And I think this is one of the reasons I love Dolly so much is like, I also kind of don't, I don't like being told what to do. I don't really like authority. I don't like being told I have to live my life a certain way, especially because, and I was talking about this on my socials, like outside of the podcast socials, like earlier this week, it's the world wasn't really built for us. And if you're an artist and you're listening to this, I think you'll understand what I mean imme immediately. But the world wasn't really built for people like us. The world was kind of, of built on the fact that like we're essentially like the long and short of it is like we're being farmed for labor and we are told our whole life like we are literally like when we go to school, we are taught to exist and live in a certain way. Like the whole point of going to school is to get you on that 40 hour a week work week schedule and have somebody sit there and tell you what to do and you listen to them. And obviously this isn't something that I felt benefited me at all or worked for me because that's not the kind of person I am. And I, I think a lot of other creatives and a lot of other eccentric people who are like, I call us free spirits um, <laughs> would agree with that. So Dolly was very much had that trait in him of, quirky eccentric I'm gonna do things my way because the way that the society is like it's just not gonna jive for me so and that is why Dolly's father kind of realized despite being a disciplinarian he was like oh my child is like not gonna do very well in school <laughs> because and I know this was, you know, in the early 1900s. This was over 100 years ago now at this point. So I know obviously things have changed, but the school system, hate to say, really hasn't changed that much. Um, and his Dolly's parents knew like, oh, this kid is not really going to work out in a public school. And they knew early on because like when you are and, you know, I've talked about this too on the podcast before like a lot of people think artists are born and not created I think it definitely takes work to become an artist but it also takes a special type of person to have the drive and the commitment and the motivation to get good at art because art is not something that can be learned overnight it's like it takes the same amount of work as like going to school for 10 years to become a doctor and honestly, in some cases, even more because art is like a dedicated practice that you have to do every single day of your life in order to continue to be good at. Um, and that in itself 
takes a special kind of person because right most artists we know from a lot of us anyway not all of us but a lot of us know from childhood that that's what we want to do and or like what we were built for because I think people are very different and people are very good at different things and like the creative artists creator type people a lot of us myself included not built for public schools so um Dolly's uh father enrolled him in the Hispano French school of the Immaculate Conception. And that's where he learned French. Um, and that is was his primary language that he used as an artist. Um, and I think this benefit, I think honestly, learning a second language probably benefits anybody who learns a second second language pretty greatly because, and you know, I wouldn't know this. I only speak English, sorry. Um, but I feel like people who know a second language, it's so much easier for them to learn a third or a fourth or a fifth. And so knowing Dolly spoke multiple languages, like I think this was actually like really, really beneficial for his whole life and his career that he was sent to this kind of private school to learn French. And I think French is a very good language to learn at in this period of time if you are trying to become an artist, which I doubt he knew that that's what he was going to do at the time. Nobody as a six-year-old really thinks like, oh, what am I going to do for my career when in, you know, 20 years? Like, nope. I wasn't thinking about that at six. I doubt he was. Um, but he spent his childhood in early adolescence in Catalonia, and he lived in like this coastal village where his family had like a summer home and this coastal village was called the Catechase. That's where he would spend like his summer breaks and stuff. So yeah, I guess, I guess they were pretty well off because they had a summer home. <laughs> so at this summer home during like his breaks from school he would always draw and paint the seaside landscape so um he started off with landscapes and that's where he met his early mentor and his name was Raymond Picot I hope I'm pronouncing that right but Ramon Ramon Picot that's what I'm gonna go with and Catechase is also where Dolly's parents built him his very first art studio so in Catalonia, that's where, you know, he lived when he would go to school. But in Catechase, again, I'm, but I'm not speaking. I hope I'm pronouncing things correctly, or at least close, so that you can understand what I'm saying. But Catalonia is where he went to school. Catechase is where his family's summer home was. And that's where they would go over the summer. He had an art studio there, spend all his time creating art and painting. So... In the 1920s, Salvador Dali, his life definitely took a turn. So he got accepted to a school called the San Fernando Academy of Art in Madrid. Now, <laughs> he was so close to finishing school. Okay, he was there for four years. He was about to wrap it up, about to get his degree, and he got expelled. So he actually never finished school. 
this was something that I really liked about him for a long time because I was like, oh, I didn't go to art school. I couldn't afford to go to art school. So I'm just like Dolly. He didn't go to school. That's not really true. Honestly, he probably should have gotten his degree given that he did four years of school before he got expelled. But his reasoning for getting expelled was he refused to be examined in the theory of art. And he declared that the examiners, like the people that were judging him on the theory of art, were incompetent. And that got him expelled. Obviously, I'm sure there were other things leading up to that before he actually got expelled. Just because, I don't know, I feel like snooty artist people saying, like, you're incompetent to judge my art. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's not really a reason to get expelled. But I honestly, he probably did it on purpose because, I don't know, why would you that close to graduating, right? He probably just didn't. Who knows what was going on inside his head, realistically. But he experimented with futurism, impression impressionism and cubism which was popping at the time and during one of his several trips to paris so he traveled around um quite a bit uh, movement leader andre breton exposed him to this world of surrealism and this is really key because surrealism is what salvador dali is known for again if you haven't seen his art and you you haven't looked it up I don't know why you have wouldn't have seen Salvador Dali's art, <laughs> but if you haven't, uh, I urge you to look it up and like just look at it while while you're listening to this because it really is incredible. But he is known for surrealism; like all of his most popular works are surrealist works. Obviously, he has some realism and some impressionism, cubism. Like he's dabbled, but he is known for his surrealism. So this is really key and really important. So in 1925. Salvador Dali had his first solo exhibition in Barcelona. So truthfully, Salvador Dali was really big when he was alive. I think that's a common misconception that, you know, artists are never really famous until they're dead. Pablo Picasso was famous when he was alive. Andy Warhol was famous when he was alive, which, oh my gosh, I haven't done an episode on him, have I? I don't think we have. That needs to happen. Um, but Andy Warhol was famous when he was alive, as was Salvador Dali. He was pretty renowned during his life. Obviously, he's still amazing and like a huge artist now, but he he was, you know, even from pretty young. In 1925, he was what, like 21 years old? Yeah, he was 21 and already had his first solo exhibit in Barcelona. So that was the decade where his works were really like 1925 on. Uh, in his early 20s, the world just started to see his work everywhere. And it was pretty incredible. Uh, after he left the Academy, Salvador Dali returns to Cat Catalonia, where his art started to get really weird. So in the, towards the later end of the 20s, that's when his surrealist style, really, people were like, ooh, this is different. This is interesting because 
it just started to get <laughs> really weird, <laughs> which is good. I love that for him. I feel like that's something a lot of modern day artists struggle with is letting themselves get weird. Sometimes I struggle with that myself because I'm like, oh, that's too weird. But I need to stop doing that because that's literally how Dolly, I think, became like a household name as an artist. So in the 1930s, Salvador Dolly became this key figure in the Surrealist movement. But very quickly, he went from being held up on this pedestal, right, of being like this key figure in the Surrealist movement into somebody that people did not really like in the Surrealist movement. And the reason being is because he was almost expelled after a trial. So he had a trial in 1934 and he was dismissed due to his apolitical stance. He had this feud with the leader of like the surrealist movement, Andre Breton, the one that I mentioned before who introduced him to surreal surrealism and his public antics. So a lot of people I don't know how to word this. A lot of people really didn't like Dolly because he was freaking nuts. I love that for him, truthfully. Like, he is insane. Uh, he's an artist. As a person, can't speak to that. Sorry. You know, we only know his work as, like, a career professional. And something I've talked about a lot on this podcast before is separating the art from the artist. And you'll know that at the beginning of this podcast, the very, very first episode about Pablo Picasso, I am all for keeping them combined. But in episode, I forget which episode it is, like it's in the first within the first 10 episodes of this podcast, Jen Carmiel, one of our guests, she's she's the only guest who have been on the podcast twice. She convinced me that we have to separate the art from the artist and I was fully convinced I don't even remember how she did it but she did and now I stand by that so anyway he, he went to trial in 1934 and was dismissed due to his apolitical stance and he had this personal feud with Andre Breton um, because of his public antics. There was a lot of things that Salvador Dali did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe that he very publicly drank like a bucket of chicken blood and just really, really weird stuff, which I don't shame anyone. I totally understand that. I've embarrassed myself on TikTok more times than I can count, so it doesn't even phase me. But in July of 1936, uh, the Spanish Civil War started and Dolly and uh, his wife, his wife, Gala, they stayed in Paris at the time. So as we know, Salvador Dolly is from Spain, but because he could speak French and he traveled a lot and he spoke multiple languages, they were actually in Paris at the time. Once his art started getting bigger, that's kind of where he stayed so yeah, after that war started, they were just like, let's just stay in Paris. <laughs> and he just continued to work and he continued to paint and make things. He was very heavily influenced by Sigmund Freud. <laughs> and they were actually friends. Dolly was friends with Sigmund Freud. I don't know if anybody knew that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but this is around the time that he met Sigmund Freud. He met Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud in 1938. Uh, so just four years after all of this um, 
trial and then two years after the Spanish Civil War started, he meets Sigmund Freud, their their buds. And then in 1939, Andre Brenton uh, definitively expelled Dolly from surrealism, which I mean, I'm going to be honest. Dolly, I think, is more well known than Andre Brenton. So, and he's well known for surrealism. So I don't know if that was a great move on Andre Breton's part. So Dolly and Gala, so they, and I forgot to mention this. I said his wife, they were married in 1934. Gala was Dolly's muse. He loved this woman so much. She showed up in like, I I hesitate to say every single painting after they got married, but a big majority of his paintings featured Gala. At the Salvador Dali Museum, they named the cafe after her, the Cafe Gala. And he loved that woman more than anything else. And they, like everything else in his life, they had a really eccentric relationship. So Dali's childhood, like I said, he had a really weird relationship with his father And I hesitate to get into some of the the details, but I'm just going to say like Dali died a virgin because his dad showed him like these books like about STDs and stuff. And he was like, this is what's going to happen if you have sex. And so Dali was like, okay, I will never do that. But his, his wife, he kind of had like an open relationship with her because he wasn't really into that but she was and it was really interesting because he genuinely like you can see from the paintings that he's done of her he really loved her so much but yeah they they were like glue ever since they got married in in uh, 1934 and dolly and gala spent the better part of the 40s in america after they fled due to world war ii so During this time, Dolly and Gala spent eight years in New York. So New York's MoMA Gallery, they presented Dolly's first retrospective. And this is when he started getting into film stuff. So he was kind of experimenting with film a little bit. He teamed up with Alfred Hitchcock to create these dream sequences for Spellbound. And then he was later on hired by Walt Disney to complete the art and storyboards for what would become the film Destino. And then at the very end of the decade from Catalonia, where he was home at towards the end of the 40s, um, he entered this very noteworthy and renowned classical period of art for himself. So a lot, I feel like a lot happened in the forties. I feel like, and obviously this is just my personal opinion, right? But I feel like what a time to be an artist. Like I am slightly jealous that I was not an artist in the forties because I feel like this was the best time to be one you have all of these people, all of these icons. And, you know, I we have an episode about Walt Disney. I don't like the man at all, <laughs> um, personally. But we have icons like Alfred Hitchcock and Walt Disney who are still alive and, like, 
readily available to collaborate with as an artist. You have Picasso. You have like all of these greats who are not only alive, but like they're alive and doing well as artists. And this is something I don't understand. Like the whole starving artist thing, like that started around Van Gogh's time period. And yet during the 40s, we have all of these incredible, amazing artists who are all friends, who all work on projects together who are all like networking and like benefiting off of each other's success. And that is how I wish it it still was. And I think with the digital age, we've lost that a little bit, but man, what a, what a time to, to be a, a great artist in the 1940s. That's just, it's incredible. So now we're onto the fifties. So Salvador Dali, uh, again, like he entered this classical period, through the 1950s he created these huge huge humongous canvases that were characterized by like very meticulously detailed images of religious historical and scientific themes and he called this nuclear mysticism so i do want to mention a fact about this so not a lot of people know this but I again, I'm I'm big on the Salvador Dali like museum and learning things about him because I just love this man so much. Uh, so an unknown fact, a well not unknown because I know it, but a fact about Salvador Dali was he was deathly afraid of heights. And when I'm talking about these huge canvases, right? And one of my favorite pieces. So if you look this up right now, I wish I could show you. <laughs> But it's here. Actually, I'll look it up on my phone. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. And if you're not, you'll have to look it up. But he made this painting of, and this is exactly what this is referring to, this classical period where he did these huge, like 19 very large, and when I say large, I mean like gigantic paintings that are either religious, historical, or scientific. And my favorite one is the discovery of america by christopher columbus so this is the painting but that's what it's called if you want to look it up the discovery of america by christopher columbus and it was painted by salvador dali and you'll notice from the painting too like i said after him and gala got married she shows up in like most of his paintings so that's gala right there um and then there's some random guy who is christopher columbus they actually said that the man who posed to be like Christopher Columbus actually came into the Salvador Dali Museum and was like, oh my gosh, guys, that's me. Like, look at this picture of me when I was 18. And like, I posed for this Dali painting. Like, that's me. And everybody was like, oh my gosh. But this painting, if you ever are in St. Petersburg, Florida, and you have a chance to go to the Dali Museum in St. Petersburg, Florida, they have this painting there most pretty much all the time. And it really is huge. Like, let me see how just how big it is exactly. Cause I don't know. I just know from seeing it that it's gigantic. So it's over 14 feet tall and nine feet wide. So that's about two, seven foot tall men stacked on top of each other in nine feet wide. Like it's really big and it, it looks even bigger in person when you're standing in front of it. Like it's huge. And something that not a lot of people know about Salvador Dali is that he was deathly afraid of heights. 
he could not do the height. He was like, I'm not getting on a ladder. Same. I hate heights. I got on a scaffolding to paint a mural once. Absolutely no way. Never doing that again. Sorry. Not worth it. And so you might be wondering, okay, like how did he paint this 14 foot tall painting without a ladder? Well, Salvador Dali actually during this time when he painted painted these 19 humongous canvases in in the 50s and onward during this time period of his life he literally had he he lived in a home with multiple stories obviously a famous artist he was well off he made good money he cut a hole in his house in the floor and he created like a pulley system like a crank system where the canvas was on a lever and it was it was in the floor and he would crank it and it would like come up and down like whenever he needed to paint it. So when he was painting the top of this painting, he couldn't see the bottom because it was on this like pulley system where it was going through the through the floor. But he was like, I'm not getting on a ladder, which I respect. But not a lot of people know that about him. So I thought I like that is like one of my favorite Salvador Dali facts because it's something I would do and I love that for him. Like I would definitely I would rather cut a hole in my floor to be completely honest with you than get on a ladder. So anyway, <laughs> nuclear mysticism period. He also during this time he became obsessed with geometry, DNA, divinity. There's a lot of paintings that he created that kind of incorporate scientific elements in them uh, that I really like. One of my all-time favorite Salvador Dali paintings is called A Portrait of My Dead Brother. Um, I can show you that one on my phone too. <laughs> um, but A Portrait of My Dead Brother is what it's called if you want to look it up and you're listening to the audio version of this podcast. But it looks like this. And it's clearly it's just a portrait of what he imagines his brother would look like had he survived childhood. But if you look really closely, he's comprised of all of these little dots and he has this molecule in the center, like right where his kind of nose and his eye meet. And he has little nods like this to science throughout his works around this time and obviously that's not the only one it's just the first one that came to mind when you know as like I'm reading this but he he was just so into into like he would incorporate the things that he was interested in into his work even if it felt like it didn't really make sense and there are so many works there's another work that I feel like it's everything is moving and it's just incredible. And if you want to see these, definitely go to the, the Dolly St. Petersburg, Florida, if you're ever in Florida and just follow a docent around because they are incredible there. They are really knowledgeable of Dolly. Like they, like, like they know everything about this man. So yeah, but he would include geometry, DNA, divinity, um, and he just experimented with a lot of visual illusions. So from a personal perspective, this growing kind of interest in these religious themed prompted him and Gala, who was not only his wife, but again, his muse who showed up in like almost every like 
I'm serious. If you go to this museum, she's in like almost every painting. And they, at this time, after, you know, this came up and he was doing all of these religious things, uh, they were just kind of like, oh, let's like remarry. So they, I guess, remarried re in the Catholic church <laughs> because he had this new kind of interest in all that. So that's what they did. And it was very cute. Into the 60s, he continued to do, obviously, Dolly was just a weird man. And he just continued to do some really off-the-wall stuff throughout the 60s. Uh, he was awarded the Grand Cross of the Order of the... <laughs> Sorry, I can't read. The Grand Cross of the Order of Isabella the Catholic, which was one of Spain's highest distinctions. And he began to work on what would become the... I, again, the pronunciation, just ignore me. The Teatro Museo... Dolly, which is the Dolly Theater Museum. This at this point, so like like I mentioned, it kind of started with the portrait of his dead brother, where it was just kind of like little subtleties in the paintings that you would kind of have to look for and find and like know what they are. At this point in the 60s, like his interest in, in space and science were like so ap apparent. Like the whole painting would be based on it on it instead of just like little subtleties here and there and like little interesting things and um one of his favorite paintings that he did pre prior to this um was it's a painting of gala but if you stand back really really far it looks like abraham lincoln it's like a visual uh you you can google it and you'll know what i'm talking about but like if you see the painting in real life if you stand up really close to it it's it's gala like and it's her from behind like nude and she's like looking out a window but if you step back really really far and like take off your glasses uh, it looks like abraham lincoln it's really interesting um so see there's like he goes from like little subtleties and things like that to like abhorrently like this is like inspired by this scientific thing um in a lot of his work at this point um he really strived to explore and challenge what was possible uh in the third dimension and he, then he became fascinated with the fourth dimension and then he was like oh immortality and it just kind of was like a snowball spiral effect I feel like when you're a creative person and you are, um, I hesitate to say unhinged because he is a Taurus and he should be a little bit more grounded than me, but I just feel like he's not. So <laughs> again, like he just really lets himself kind of do whatever he wants, which I love. Same. <laughs> so then the 1970s, Obviously, Dolly's getting older. He's getting to be like in his 70s. Uh, as he aged and his health kind of wasn't the best. Obviously, when you get older, your health declines. Like, we are not meant to live forever. <laughs> so into his 70s, Dolly, um, he remained really resilient in in his art. And he still continued to paint every day, even like up until he perished. He expired. But uh, he just he continued to paint all the time and he was endlessly challenging what was the norm for artists. I feel like and this is this could happen to anybody in any profession, but I feel like what makes a good artist is the ability to stay true to yourself and to stay authentic to what you love and what you want to be creating. And obviously nobody asked to see all of this science stuff, but Dolly was like, I really like science. I'm going to paint all this like science stuff and I'm going to make these visual illusions and all this stuff. 
And, you know, people were just like, well, we like Dolly, so we like the science stuff then. <laughs> and I think that was a big part of what made him so unique in this movement, because I feel like at the time to be a great artist, to be alive during this time period and to be a great artist, um, a renowned artist, I feel like a lot of people, and this is something that's still an issue today. A lot of people have to kind of fit the mold of what society views to be a great artist. And Sally, Salva, Sally, Salvador Dali didn't do that. Uh, he just did whatever he wanted. And I think that's beautiful. I I love that for him. So he just continued with all the science stuff. He did some holographic, crazy imagery. And he, even after this place, after opening the Teatro Museo Dali, which still is around to this day, he still as an elderly man who remained a public figure and celebrity and he had exhibits all over the world and he still remained. And st I feel like he still is today. Honestly, I mean, I, it's rare. I talk to somebody and they're like, who is that into the eighties? So this is when he was starting, you know, starting to get pretty old. This was uh, the last decade that he was alive was the eighties. So during this time, his wife, Gala, uh, died. And that was when Dolly started to kind of really decline in the art. So Gala, as I've mentioned, she was in so many freaking paintings. She was in so many paintings. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And Dolly would, he was very open, like she was his muse. And, you know, he was getting older, his wife passed away he was painting less and less because he really he was sad I don't know I don't like to work when I'm sad I could imagine that he also probably doesn't like to work when he's sad as well so when she died in 1982 painted less and less he still, you know, had the same interests. He was still fascinated by immortality, the fourth dimension, his science stuff that he really liked. His very last works that he painted in his lifetime had a lot to do with math and science. Still challenging, you know, the same things that he was challenging in the prior decade. But, you know, he was depressed and sad because his wife died and that was the love of his life. So in 1984, Salvador Dali was injured in a house fire and it was at his pubol. Oh, I don't know. P-U-B-O-L. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Castle. And then after that point, he was confined to a wheelchair for the remainder of his life. So his friends, followers, and fellow artists uh, moved him back to Figueres to live at the Teatro Museo that he opened um, a couple decades prior. And that's kind of where he stayed. You know, after that incident with the house fire, he really wasn't painting as much because he wasn't physically able. Not that he wasn't able to paint at all, obviously, but it wasn't. His health wasn't in the best state. So, 
that's why his fellow friends and followers and artists decided, okay, let's move him back here where he can be taken care of. And that was when he died of heart failure there uh, on January 23rd of 1989 at the age of 84. That is the life and death of Salvador Dali. Um, Again, I really urge you to look into his work it does change vastly over time. And that's something I love about Salvador Dali and that I think a lot of current artists need to take note of is that it's okay to, you know, change and grow. Obviously, Salvador Dali started off one of his early works. That's a very, it's one of my favorite works of his is one of his early works. And it's just this study of this basket of bread But the reason I like it so much is because the way that he painted it, he made the bread the light source and it didn't look unnatural or like the bread was glowing or anything weird like that. It was just really interesting and something I had never seen before. And when I was a, you know, a teenager in high school and I was at the Salvador Dali Museum and I was looking at this painting of this bread, like my mind was just absolutely like blown I I was like, this guy, like, this is going to be good. And my first time seeing his works in person, like, I feel like they really changed me as an artist because I think it did show me that it's okay to change what I'm doing if I start to get new interests or I start to get bored with what I'm doing. Obviously, his most famous works are, are his surrealism works, like, you know, like the, like with the melting clocks and all of that stuff. And like, things that have to do with the idea of time and stuff like that. Those are still really, really popular works that do really, really well, even to this day. And I think that that's what he's most known for. But everybody has like a peak, you know, and even after that peak, he didn't really, his popularity didn't decline is what I'm trying to say. Like he was an amazingly talented artist and he allowed himself to do whatever he wanted to do. If he was interested in the fourth dimension that day, then he would paint something inspired by the fourth dimension. Or if he was interested in science, or if he was studying the discovery of America by Christopher Columbus, like he allowed, well, actually, I think that was a commissioned work. (laughs) But regardless, he was really fluid in what he allowed himself to do. And I think that's like a real detriment that I know I face myself where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should paint this. I don't know if anyone will like it. I don't know if it could be consumed. I feel like Salvador Dali never even stopped to think about that. He just let himself create. He just let himself be a vessel for creativity. He allowed Gala to be his muse, like despite what people said, like, why do you always paint your wife in every single painting? I don't care. I'm like, she's my muse. I love her. I'm going to paint her. Like he really, he allowed himself to be his most authentic self and to be as authentic as possible. And I think there is real beauty in that. And there's definitely something to learn from that as an artist. So yeah, so that is the story of the life of artist Salvador Dali. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I am excited to be getting back into these art history episodes I can't wait to release them. I think it's going to be really, really a fun time for art wise. I know 
the art history episodes are have always been the most popular episodes of ArtWise. And I had a few people asking if we could bring them back. And I've been wanting to bring them back because I love art history. So I am, am super excited that I'm able to keep doing this again. And I'm excited that this podcast is popping still. Like, I, I love you guys. and I, I appreciate the support so much. You, all of you are amaze me. So uh, thank you guys for the support. Um, if you want to continue to support the podcast, there's going to be a link in the episode description as well as a link to uh, thedolly.org, which is the website that I used for my research for this episode. And it's also the website for The Dolly, which is Salvador Dolly's museum. And um, if you want to check that out, please do. Um, I urge you to, if you, obviously, if you don't live near here and you can't, visit. I totally get it. But if you live in Florida or near the area, I, I urge you to visit because it's one of the best art museums I have ever personally been to. Um, it's very cool. The building, they have like a garden. It's it's truly amazing. Like the, the Salvador Dali garden is like probably one of my favorite places like on this planet. So um, I urge you to check them out. Um, if you are able, and if you're not able, um, go online. There's also a YouTube video from them. That's like a, a VR, like you can step into a dolly painting and it's very, very cool. And it's VR and that's on YouTube and it's free. So if you have like a VR headset or something, you can definitely check that out for free. Um, and that's theirs. Uh, but if you want to support the podcast again, um, there'll be a link down below. We have a Patreon. We have a we have merch available to purchase. We have a place for donations. Any way you can support the podcast. I mean, even just by being here right now and making it this far into the episode, like I love you for that. But if you were looking for other ways to support us, there's a link down below. Please let me know if you have any episode requests for an art history episode. And I definitely need some requests on this because I am recording the art history episodes kind of as they come out, um, which I don't normally do. The guest episodes are all recorded ahead of time, but these I'm recording kind of right before they come out. So if you have any suggestions for more art history episodes or even current art events episodes, you can let me know in the comments or through, again, any of our support links or our Instagram at Artwise Podcast. That's how you can find us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will see all of you guys once again next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.